who wouldn't like to leave it all behind them and make a brand new start? Like when you're as old as me and you're a listener of Range Anxiety. Because we are in the midweek and uh, Paul still ain't back. He don't like us no more. I think I don't think he actually wants to come back anymore. He's actually like a bit of an hat now, isn't he? But anyway, that was like leaving it all behind me um, by, um, oh no, and I've just adjusted the fan setting to totally wrong. This is what happens when you're doing this late at night. And it was in the style of John Berry. Because the Telstra actually won't connect to the bloody uh, Spotify service at the moment. Uh, because it's just done an update today and it's having a little shit freak out. What I was actually searching for, so I use voice search before I do these epicasts. I put in there, play D's nuts. That's what I came up with every time my heart calls. <clears throat> so my uh, heart calls D's nuts. Well, no. We're winding down to Christmas at the moment, right? We've been working hard, very hard, and I've been moving buildings and trying to set up YouTube studios. And, you know, thank you very much, Justin. Uh, you will, you've done a lot of work for us, and um, so has Paul. And, you know, Paul's got to have some time to spend in the shower, just alone, well, with 20 other guys alone, and, you know, not be bothered by range anxiety. However, you know, I've got this problem with D's nuts today, but I've actually had this problem forever. You see, there's always been a battle between tuners and engine builders. We've had this out before, right? A lot of times, and you know, I've I've seen it a bit lately. Nothing to do with my staff. Or my people are our builds. They're mint because I'm a psychopath uh, running around with a stock whip. So yeah, let's leave us out of this. But I see it all the time, and I've seen it over this thirty years of Salantis experience that people just or people that work on cars that think they're pretty fucking cool. Just leave shit loose. Now, in my uh, breadth of experience, there are only, and, and again, this is only people I know, right? There's many better people or good people or equal people or worse people, whatever, around the world or interstate or whatever else. But in South Australia, in my experience, which is narrow, so don't get on and go, don't into fuckhead, he's, he's calling us names, he reckons we're incompetent. No. In my experience, there's only two people that have never, ever, ever left uh, nuts and bolts loose in a build. One of those is my dear, dearest old friend, Mark Tilbrook, who I've spoken about before. He was just a consummate builder of things. Maybe he took his time and he did it right. And, you know, maybe it wasn't to everybody's taste, but he never left shit loose. Never, ever, ever. That I saw. And the other one who I've been standing over a lot more over the years, the last 15 or 20 years, is the beard stroker, a potentially a booger eater, and a diesel lover, which is Gareth, or Gareth Norton. He has never, on my watch, fucked up a build by leaving a nut or a bolt loose. He has this uncanny knack of actually uh, doing up everything he undoes. Surprise, surprise. Could it be so hard? Yes, it's fucking extremely hard. 
Now, this isn't all about, you know, kissing Gareth's ass in this epicast close to Christmas. However, he probably does deserve it. He did say to me he, he, he can put up with my anti-ice rhetoric the whole time um, because I was hard on push bike riders because they're all sponsored by who? What was that in the back corner? Stellantis. So no, he actually quite enjoys listening to this, and uh, I think he'll enjoy this one because it's deserved. It's not me kissing his ass. I don't, you know, I don't know him anything. It's just what he's done, and um, it's it's the constant thing. Like, how can mainly factories and people that build cars, like companies like GM? Ford, even Tesla, and of course Stellantis, can do up nuts and bolts in your car, and your your, your race-engineered performance mechanic cannot. Well, there are lots of reasons for that that I've seen over the years. Um, for a start, when you work in a factory, and if Big Paul was here, he would back me up on this and go, Marty, you're right, Marty, hey, bye, bye, world, hey, uh, Oscar. Um... He would be saying that they have calibrated air tools, that they just push the button and bang, it does the stuff up in the motors. You know, your LSs, you know, that great American dream that was built in Mexico or Canada. Um, they had calibrated air tools, so they just held the button down until it stopped, right? And they worked in a factory, and they had proper HR, and they had proper management structure, and they had proper everything else. It's not like your average mechanic that's sitting there, you know, looking at Facebook, checking out Twitter. Actually, none of them are cool enough to check out Twitter in Australia, in America, in the USA. My American friends, yeah, Twitter, it's a one. We voted Elon out. Um, or sending dick pics on Snapchat. They get distracted because there is no structure to drive them. You know, at least GMH, Elizabeth, Adelaide... Uh, you know, when they were building your Commodore, allowed them to have a dart as they were building it. You know, these guys have got to wonder about where their next hit of whatever it is they're taking is coming from, and they leave shit loose. So, the consequences of which can be devastating. It's like buying a new Stellantis, and even worse, having no warranty. You know, so let me uh, recollect the story. Gareth, you've had enough. Kissing of the ass, that's your Christmas bonus. Range anxiety loves you. Um, and Mark, if you're listening, you're one of my biggest influences over my entire early career, and, and thank you for everything you taught me. Um, however, I've had a lot of bad teachers in between as well, and I've managed to filter those fuckheads out. You know, postage stamps and, and other sorts of individuals that were actual uh, flogs, flops, flat earthers, and fuckwits. We can do this because we're close to Christmas. And yes, there is a Christmas special coming up and it will be recorded on Christmas Day and you'll probably get it on Boxing Day, but it will be myself and Lisa Donnan arguing about cars. You know why? Because no one else wants to talk to me at this time of the year. So let me relate to you a little story. We bought a very expensive engine in. It wasn't for anything we would normally tune. So it wasn't anything I had a lot of experience in. So we gave it a pull. You know, we put it on the dyno. I, 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 I dialed the ECU in. It was pretty cool. It was an old Motec. 
And if you're listening, I had uh, Richard Bendel, the founder of Motec in Australia, and one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. You know, he is uh, just the king of everything aftermarket ECUs. I had an hour-long conversation with him on the phone the other day. You know what? I felt fucking honoured to talk to someone that was that cool, the guy that invented Motec. Everyone buys Motecs now, and they're looking for a Motec system exhaust. We've, we've made some parodies on them here, but I spoke to the inventor, and he was the fucking coolest guy I think I've spoken to about cars and about the industry for many, many years. And no, he's never done work for Stellantis. So we got this engine in, and we put a bass tune in it, which is pretty cool. We ran it up on the diner, and it went good. And, you know, that was bass. We did it at Wastegate. It was killer. And we went to wind it up again, and it started to go clackety, clack, 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 clack. Fuck. You know, something's going wrong. Stop. Look at the data. Look at the oil pressure logs. Look at the timing. Look at the fueling. Have a look at everything real, real close-like now. You know, like, you look at data logging close, that shit will make you a sexual Tyrannosaurus. If you can name what movie that's out of, I'll send you a Christmas present. They had a good look at it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So the next thing to do is get on the spanners, right? Chuck it back at mechanical. Let's pull this thing down and have a look. Now, there were all sorts of theories floated around by the engine builder. Total cock knocker, this guy, as it turns out in the end. And uh, it could have been a VCT issue. It could have been anything else. And so, you know, we, we re calibrated all the VCTs and everything else and pulled the engine out to do it. We had to. Because access in this car, European thing, was quite limited, right? So he pulled the thing down. We did all the VCT work, everything else. And uh, my offsider, Rocco, who's he's, he's, he's probably actually, I don't know him that well yet. It's only been a two-year love affair, but he seems like he's also another guy that's never left anything loose in his life. He's just gone, why would you put it all back in and plumb it all back up? to listen for a knock, this thing runs speed density, leave everything off it, just put it in, start it up, and uh, listen to it. And so, yeah, yeah, he, he made that call, and it was a pretty fucking cool call, because uh, we started it up, and it sounded like there was a couple of tiny men in there with sledgehammers, dackety, 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 stop. You know, turn the key off. This wasn't a cool car with a start button, it had a key. So we turn the key off, right? Fucking petrifying. When it's, you know, a big dollar engine that someone else has built. And they're going to say, it's the tune. Because engine builders, as a rule, I'm not real, real big fans of them because, you know, they're space wizards. Most of them can't count past five. Most of them think that using a die grinder, not a CNC machine, is a better effort because that just helps their flat earth theory when they're sitting at home shucking down that big fresh booger that they've just picked out of their nose. No, 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 good. So the boys pulled this back out again, and we had a look at it. And, you know, everyone that stood there, I didn't actually go because I just hate the sound of engine failure and engine builders screaming and crying that it was the tuner. But the guys that stood there, and that was Gareth and Rocco, and, you know, a couple of the other guys stood there, and uh, they just listened to it, said that's coming from Centerline, of the crank, right? So there you go. So it's pull out and pull down. So we pulled out 
and we pulled down. It took a little while to pull out and pull down. You know, there's a few lines and everything else to pull out and pull down. And guess what happened? Rocco, again, he's gone well up in my imagination of everything. Because he's actually, he's probably not older than me, but he's more experienced, like, at swinging a spanner. Like, I can't swing one at all, and he can swing one pretty fucking good, or very good. And I hope you're listening, Rocco, but you have to fix the pulley noise in my Jeep before the end of this week, or you're sacked from this podcast. He said, just turn it upside down, take the sump off it, and let's have a look at where the noise is coming from. And so the boys uh, turned the motor upside down, and they pulled all the shit off it, and pulled the sump off it, and had a look around, and guess what? Two uh, rod end, rod caps... You know, the things that go on the bottom of the Conrod with the talked up special, you know, like 625 age series ARP bolts, weren't done up at all. So they were actually flapping around, like flapping in the breeze. So a tune can't undo bolts. It can punch holes in things. Yes, it's like Superman, a good tune, but it can't undo bolts. And this thing had undone bolts and it was... Just kind of fucking epic. So the boys did the right thing. Gareth and Rocco had a look at it, and they pulled pretty much whole bottom end apart, or loose bits. They checked everything else, and there was no damage done. The bearings looked like new. Everything looked like new. So I rang the customer, and I said, come down, have a look at what your engine builder has done here. Uh, my numbers in that, and it was a Motec ECU, so Motec, you're not to blame here. Because Motec haven't devised a way yet of undoing nuts and bolts. They just make fucking good ECUs, right? So don't sue me here, Motec. I'm not saying or doing the wrong thing. But we got the customer down. The customer looked at it and he goes, how did this happen? And I said, well, you better ask the fuckwit you bought it off. You see, because there's a mindset or a technique to consider... Now, I'm not very good at it, but I can do up wheel nuts and I can do up basic things in an engine bay and I can make sure I check most of my maps. But there is a procedure, and if you watch the race guys work, the guys that actually their business fails or succeeds or whatever on whether the car works or not, what they can do is they use a little pen marker. You know, it's pretty fucking simple. I forget what it's called, a Sharpie. They use a Sharpie or a paint pen on things. Now, put little marks and everything. So, you know, if you ever buy a car and it's got blue marks or red marks or white marks all over the engine bay, they've been through there with a Sharpie and they've been just, you know, following themselves up as they've been going. And if it doesn't have a mark on it, guess what? It hasn't been talked or done up. And you know what? I don't probably even blame the guy that did it. He's pretty young, he's in his 30s, and he was probably sending dick pics on Snapchat, and he forgot to do this up. However, if I didn't have the eagle ear of a fucking uh, scientist wanker tuner that's been blamed for so many things over the years, I probably would not have picked that this thing was making a noise while it was still on the dyno, and it would have run down and gone clackety, 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 clack, splat, and I said, you know, let's just pull it again and see what happens. You know, it's on the dud log, full oil pressure still, even with the rod ends hanging out of it. This is what a big dry sump pump can do. 
you know, so there was no giveaway there. It was a fucking disaster waiting to happen. And who was going to cop it in the ass? The guy that paid the money. And it would have been the engine blamer. Uh, the engine blamer. Yeah, we'll call them engine blamers, not engine builders. They're engine blamers. That was very good, Martin. It would have been the engine blamer blaming us. And it would have been, you know, us saying it was nothing to do with us. And this is what happens in this game. And it's one reason I love electric cars, because when the power unit's fucked, throw it out and put another one in, right? Just buy a brand new And that's, you know, always going to be the curse of this industry, because I still see it, um, you know, when I log onto Facebook and I post stuff and everything else, I still see rocket scientists that haven't even finished year 10 and couldn't count past 10 making comments on my posts that I'm a fuckwit or I don't know what I'm doing, yet they have no uh, critical ability to analyse anything they do. It's really quite a sad state of affairs. And as the big builds are going down, or the more common builds are going down into oblivion and they'll only be big builds, there's going to be more and more space wizards passing the buck so I think what you should do if you're going to do a big build right now is get yourself a big silver plate and just hand it around and have everyone to put money in it for you. Because there's liars, there's thieves, and there's masturbators, and there's some that are all three of the above. And it really infuriates me, and that's why I'm so angry at this point, coming up to Christmas and coming up to the break. This is only going to be a fairly short epicast because, uh, you know, I'm pretty frustrated. I've got a couple of other things to speak about yet. But, yeah, we, you know, we don't need this in our lives. And, you know, Lisa will calm me down in the next one. More good news, though, is that uh, I did manage to get in touch with Elona, or Elon. And that uh, was from a tweet of a tweet of a tweet because I supplied some stuff to France, von Holzhausen, who's... Probably the coolest guy in Tesla. Sorry, Elon, he's cooler than you. He does most of the designs. And he penned that thing that Paul Halzon gets such a limpy about. You know, and the guys in the shower block at Roxby will probably thank me. The Cybertruck. Um, yeah, he... Uh, I found that we are getting the plaid in Australia in mid-23. And at which point, we'll have some killer updates on it that are coming out in plaid 2. So, you know, we missed the whole of plaid 1. But what Tesla do is they don't start a whole new series or a series two. They just incorporate a rolling updates, you know, unlike what Holden did or whatever else. That's why Paul can't understand it. And we're going to get the Plaid series two, and it's still going to be a 9.2 or probably by then, because the Lucid Dream Sapphire cock-pulling prototype edition has come out, of which only one's made, and it goes 0.1 faster. I think Elon might just give us a software update that makes this thing just a little bit faster so you know we're coming up to the end of this epicast i'm looking forward to my plaid i'm looking forward to my cyber fuck and i'm looking forward like the way i said that everyone and i'm looking forward to the christmas edition with lisa from lisa d jules so i've got 20 seconds left so i'm going to ask you to send all of your feedback to a dtech a d-t-e-c-h at senet s-e-n-e-t and .com.au, and that includes you, Craig, and any of my other good listeners. Thank you for listening to Gareth's life story. And he was the good one, not the bad one. Keep that in mind, everyone. Bye-bye.